0: Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left, we it's have Sean. And to my right, Teresa. And today we have a special guest joining us. We have Ashe Kravenok. Is that how you say your name?
1: Yeah, Kravenok.
0: Kravenok. Great. And you may know him as this past week's winner of Forged in Fire for the Sengesi episode. So thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, we're excited to talk to you about this, and um, we'll, we'll get right into it. I guess yeah, so we'll why just not? hop right into to everything here. So, season five, episode 25, the Sengase. Let's make a quick note here. Our DVR has been telling us different numbers than what the Wikipedia numbers are for episodes. So, we <laughs> may be off by one number. If we are, we apologize. Well, there was an episode zero. There was an episode zero. That came out
2: after episode one? No, it was was before. Okay.
0: (laughs) Either way, it was the first episode of the season, but it was marked episode zero. But Wikipedia says it's episode one, so everything is shifted Mm. by one. We're going to call this one episode 25.
1: That's what I saw. So Perfect.
0: Perfect. Okay. (laughs) So, getting right down to business here. Our our contestants, we had John, who's a part-time bladesmith three years experience he was all about that viking aesthetic (laughs) yeah he lived it and it was it was was a cool look and then we had ashay you had full-time experience of five years
1: correct something like that it's uh it's been patchy but that's about right Okay.
0: okay okay and you mentioned you were all about uh dragons and and the fantasy aspect right
1: yeah, I was uh, really fascinated by kind of the medieval time period when I was young, and it really spurred me to want to build weapons and uh, kind of live that kind of lifestyle. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily happened, but uh, we definitely try to live off the land and kind of do things the older way.
3: Speaking of the older way, do you have a chicken nearby? Yeah,
1: I have a few. <laughs> Come here, Pete. Come here. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is at, uh, the good luck chicken. You can eat. She's camera shy.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's too funny.
2: <laughs> oh, Here you con- go. I won't torture you. <laughs>
0: Continuing on, we have Jeff. Jeff was what I think we all tend to call the ringer for the episode, right? He had full-time experience of 30 years, and... This guy was like, I always wanted to be a wizard, and he was like, kind of looking the part with the, the the glasses and the the long beard. Which, kudos to my beard brother, but um, it was an interesting look for sure. And then, what was it Levi had a part time experience of five years, and as we're watching this, Teresa and I were watching and. Teresa pointed out the, it's like, the Viking, the dragons, the wizard, and then I'm like, it's the handlebar fucking mustache now. <laughs> yeah. And um, we also find out some interesting information pretty early on that Levi has nine kids, which, wow, that's...
2: We have two, and it's uh, tough. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a feat. Yeah. It's definitely He's a feat. We've all seen the meme. Um, uh, he did cure Tiny Tang Syndrome. <laughs> yes. <It's> pretty
2: apparent. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: So... Let's get into our picks. Interestingly enough, we all had the same picks this week. We all chose the ringer, Jeff, as our main person to win, and we actually all chose Ashe as our underdog to win. And <laughs> That's about
1: how I felt going into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, because obviously... We have him on. He's the champion for this week. I'm just going to say right now, we all got the underdog points. Underdogs are worth two points in our system. So we were all feeling pretty good when this episode ended. Last week's episode, not so much. But uh, we'll get into that one in our next wrap-up. But anyway, moving forward, round one. Will Willis comes out, and he's got a bucket, and he's talking about arts and crafts, and then he just dumps. Scissors, all over the table. So, what's going on th- through your head when you see all these scissors just come pouring out?
1: Well, first of all, I'm thinking that I've never made Damascus before. Just starting off, I have no idea how I'm going to put scissors together. They've got bevels, uh, multiple bevels, and then clip like kind of drop offs, and they're covered in paint. It's it's pretty nerve wracking. Uh, just seeing that going straight into it. I'm pretty much feeling like, okay, I might not even make a billet, <laughs> but well, I guess it worked.
3: Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of doing a canister. And then when, um, I think Jay said, yeah, it'd be easy to do a canister. I'm like, yeah, duh. No kidding. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I can't believe I just like spaced on that. But, and then everyone does canister and
1: that's the way to do it yeah. for, for this. Yeah. yeah. My first idea was, like, could I weld them and stack them up and then just make, like, standard Damascus, but the bevels just weren't going to work for it. Oh. So I ended up going the canoe route, and I'm glad I did.
0: <laughs> well, as we'll get into, you had a, a little neat trick there that um, did you well. <laughs> so moving forward, the specs for this round, the blade had to be between 12 and 15 inches. It had to have at least 6 inches of serrations included on the blade, and you needed to have a through tang. Mm-hmm. So, John went forward with his canoe canister, Damascus. He t- did not use any liquid paper, which was, the judges were like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, there might be some benefit to, you know, you don't have to use it if you can grind off the softer metal after the fact. Um, and when he was going through his his first three hours, his was more of a serration than it was... Uh, it was you, it wasn't a saw, serration. It was more of a saw uh, rather than the serration that was required. And then we came to Ashe. So, your neat trick. The paper towel in the canoe canister was... Everyone was like, what is he doing? And uh, I think a lot of people were pretty skeptical that that was going to work as well as it did. Now, had you, you, you'd never done canister, you said, so... What, what prompted <laughs> you to even try the paper towel?
1: Well, there was a little bit that wasn't really touched on in the episode that, um, so first of all, I was I put the liquid paper into my canister and I was just putting my scissor blades in and then realized, oh, with paper is wet and it sticks the scissor blades. So I got paper and white out over everything. Like my steel was a mess. And I ran over to the pantry to get paper towels to clean everything off and it was like scrubbing it for 10 minutes. And I had paper towels stuck to my hands, and I was just trying to, like, be able to work. And uh, I didn't want to wait for the whiteout to dry the second time because I had already wasted enough time. So I was like, eh, screw it. I know that you're not supposed to have much oxygen in a canister anyhow, so I'll burn it out with a paper towel and save myself some time. But uh, it was definitely a panic move. <laughs> there was not much thought behind it.
0: Well, it was, it was lucky, and it was also uh possibly really innovative
3: like everybody
0: on after that was like that
3: is like a quick release canister yeah I mean <laughs> that can came right off as soon as you took it to the press it just opened right up I was like wow and then it just peeled right off and
2: you might have started it, a new thing. It's a revolution man.
1: <laughs> well yay <laughs>
0: <laughs> So the other note that we had for you was you did six quenches to get the hardness on that thing. And I know Jay made a comment later on that you did five too many. Um, obviously you were having the hardness issue. You just couldn't get it quite hard enough with the, with the heat treating. So what was the hardness or
3: just it had a, a warp in it? Right.
1: Also? Um, it was a combination of the two. Okay, And uh, I can just see the dick jokes going for this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um The forges that they have there are cranked all the way up, Mm -hmm. and I tried to adjust them at one point, but it was just kind of fiddling with it, and it wasn't really working, so I kind of just left it. But my steel was getting kind of yellowish-white on the outside, but not quite to quenching temperature on the inside yet. So it was an uneven heat, and when I would quench, you wouldn't get quite hard, and it would also tend to kink in one direction or another there was one point where I was like putting fire brick on top of it on the floor and jumping on it, trying to get it,
0: oh, right. to oh.
1: it out. It just was not working for me.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sure that was like super stressful, especially it's the right at the end of the round, you know, you got to get this thing turned in and um, obviously you,
3: you pulled it out. So we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They never really show you even trying to straighten. I'm like, well, he's got to do something like you can't just keep, putting it in for a quench and expecting it to just go straight but yeah. you know we know yeah. how they uh, they leave stuff out so
1: yeah lots of tinking in between mm-hmm. but yeah never had that much trouble quenching before <laughs> i think it, if i'm remembering correctly it took me a full half hour to get the blade quenched
0: Ooh, wow. yeah that is rough bye Moving forward, Jeff, he did a canister Damascus. Everybody did a canister Damascus. Um, his was shooting a hell of a lot of sparks, though. And then he turned it over, and the sparks stopped. Yeah, there you go. It was so just like... It
2: he, seems like wherever the hole was, when he turned yeah, it, it was like now on the up. bottom and plugged.
0: Yeah. So, in the end, he had uh, a good amount of difficulty trying to get the can off, so he didn't even bother like taking it off, kept it on and formed the billet with it on there. And then Levi, he they showed him removing all the coating from the blades like it's hard to tell if if other people did as well like you or or the other contestants. Um Yeah,
1: I know I ground off the steel as well as I could, but I didn't see anyone else doing it, so I think it was probably me and Levi and I think John uh burnt his coating off
0: in oh. The forge for. Oh. Okay. So then, Levi also did the canister Damascus. His can um, welded to the billet as well, so he kept his can on. And uh, he did take a second to pray and ask God that his blade is, is used for good. And Will Willis was a little confused. He thought yeah. he was maybe um, passing, out. passing out or something, and then realized what was coming, you know, happening in front of him. And hey,
3: it, it also worked out pretty well for him. So. Well. I don't know if, not to, not to get on him, but like I don't think he had to pray that the blade was going to be used for good. It's on a show. right? They're not going out and attacking people with it. Maybe it's more of a mantra sort of
0: thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like just a personal, part of his
3: routine. Yeah, like a routine.
1: Yeah. I mean, what? better than some serial killer getting a hold of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, uh, just put that one in the bank.
2: <laughs> what do they do with the blades that you guys make? Do you know? Or can you not tell us? I,
1: From what I heard, they just put them into storage somewhere. And, but I think that for legal reasons, they have to be kept and considered movie props to be allowed in the state.
0: Oh, oh, it's okay. what i
1: heard, but I've not heard that from any authorities.
0: So. Huh. Okay, <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> so for judging of this round, John, they commented that his was lacking in refinement. He had more of a bevel than a point. His tang was pretty indistinguishable from the rest of the knife and his serrations were more just teeth that weren't connected um, the way they should have been. Um, Ashe, your judging was that there was pointed serrations and the the many quenches that you had to do to get this thing hardened and and ready to go may affect the the grain structure of the blade, but otherwise, not really too bad of of a... judging for i would think right um jeff his was weighty is warped uh his was much more like a sawback rather than having serrations and then levi while his did have a lot of mass to it he had perfect serrations but he did suffer from tiny tank syndrome yeah. and as we know uh, you moved on to the next round and John was the one who got the boot just because of the four of them his was the least defined blade
1: yes and I do remember um, they did file check all of them and I think that uh, part of that was also that uh, John's canister was still on in some places so there were soft steel mixed in with the hard steel oh. and I think that was one of the main points that Kind of set it on, but I don't remember them putting the stew into the episode there, which was kind of interesting.
3: I think they maybe want to make it seem closer than it was, perhaps. I don't know.
1: I have no idea. Yeah. I can just tell you that that's too much editing for me. So, (laughs) judge the editor on that one.
3: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Move on to round two. Moving on to round two. So, you guys have to put handles on your blades and also. Attach a D-guard, so that kind of was a little unexpected. What did you think when you heard that you had to add this D-guard to your blade?
1: Um, I was kind of considering doing a D-guard already, which is kind of funny. I was guessing as to what they were going to throw at us as the kind of mix-up in the second round, and I was expecting either a cast pummel or a D-guard since they made the uh, specific through tang. Right. I do not do through tanks for a reason, and was not happy about that, <laughs> but I was heavily considering it, and so at least I was somewhat mentally prepared, though uh, it definitely showed that I had not done it before.
3: Well that's, it, well, that's interesting. So, I mean, at least you weren't caught off guard so much then, since you were kind of going with that. Um, yeah. The, you know, it shows you, you're going for a burn through, which historically on a show is Kind of a crazy idea. Um, and the judges
0: then, cringe a lot when yeah, somebody goes for a burn through, but it seems. Not
3: so much this time, although they do mention that they wish you had taken some mass out of your tang to make it a little bit easier to do the burn through. Um, so, how hard was it to do a burn through? Is that something you normally do?
1: Um, when I do a through tang, I typically drill as close as I can and then burn through the rest of the way, which is what I ended up doing on this. Um, though the first time, that it wasn't really shown. Um, I did not drill nearly enough and was like burning through it forever and it wasn't really working. And then I went back and just drilled a little bit more and it worked like a charm. So nice. it was really just my inexperience with certain processes kind of catching up to me and losing time really was the main one, which uh, did bite me with that uh, back end in the testing.
3: Right. Um, and then you took uh, a piece of brass for the D guard. Um, you know, you heated up your hammering it, it breaks. Um, there was some time left where you kind of getting a little worried that you had to go back and kind of do this whole process again.
1: Weirdly enough, I actually didn't get too stressed out by the brass breaking there, though everything else was like making me crazy at the time. Um, I just cut another one out and I kind of knew what I was doing a little bit more, having messed up a little bit on the first one, learning from my errors there and, uh, used the uh, settling torch instead of a blow torch for the bending. And it worked a lot right. better.
3: Okay, cool. Um, moving on to Jeff, uh, he, uh, he had kind of had a, a unique technique. He wrapped his tang with Teflon tape. Um, then he, you know, put some epoxy in his, in his handle in the hole. um, Create an impression for the tang in the handle. And uh, that seemed to kind of work for him. Um, and then he doesn't really address his serrations. Yeah. He just kind of leaves them. He's kind of run out of time. He just kind of says, I'm just going to kind of roll it. So, um, you know, that's what happens sometimes. You got to cut corners in some areas, and in some areas you, you just kind of go for it. Um, yeah. And then uh, Levi... He reinforces the tang, cuts some angle iron, kind of shapes it, welds it. So that was a good move. And then he uh, was shaping his handle independently of the blade. And then, but he he made it happen. He made it work. Well, yeah, it was just because of the design of the
0: the the handle and the tang allowed right. for him to be able to shape everything without having to have the blade inserted yet. Mm-hmm. So it actually probably made it a little easier to not have that extra blade mass there when you're trying to. Maneuver it around and, and get in on the the
3: belt sander. Right, and then yeah, he def- he had he was using brass also, and he just kind of muscled it. He just pulled yeah. it, and then boom, D guard. <laughs> I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. seeing him do that on the show afterwards, I felt very stupid for doing it the way I do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we move on to judging, and for the strength test, um, the Jay Nielsen pain train the ice block chop <laughs> so he's gonna whack these blades into blocks of ice 10 times so Ashe, your blade held up nicely um the epoxy lifted kind of at the end of the guard um but overall did a good job um jeff his blade held up his handle was a bit big but shaped well so it still worked out he did a pretty good job and Levi, he had a nice shape, good serrations. His blade did take a bend. Um, and top of his guard dug into uh, his knuckle there. And it, it showed, even before the testing, it was pretty narrow. and But he just kind of had to roll with it at that point, you know, before testing. Yeah. Couldn't do much about that. You never want to see
0: the Jay Nielsen reaction of being hurt. Because that's usually a bad sign yeah.
3: that you're going to be going. So, um you get a little nervous when you see that. Right. right. And uh, moving on to the sharpness test, they had an interesting melon drop slice. So uh, Dave's going to saw through the piece of rope, drop in the melon,
2: and he's going to whack it.
3: Okay. So.
2: It's a different version of a test they do.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> saw the of rope, s- the thing falls, right. swing at you it. Know. Yeah. Um, so, Ashay, you had some nice serrations. You know, back and forth cuts the rope, drops the melon. Your blade goes right through it. Um, Jeff, oh, his was a little bit different story. Uh, it, his blade really struggled to cut through the rope. Uh, you know, it was kind of sawing through it. Um, eventually, he does cut through, and his edge is great with the melon. And then move on to Levi. He had some killer serrations. One cut, one pull, right through it. And then he cut right through the melon. And yeah. uh unfortunately Jeff got the boot because of those saw teeth versus the serrations. And so then it's it's off to the final round.
2: I've yeah. never known so much about saw teeth versus serrations. Right. Yeah. You know, as someone who just Good uses a knife though. to eat with. <laughs> All
1: right. I am so glad I fixed my old snaggle tooth in the second round, otherwise <laughs> a very different story.
2: Um so then we go round three the Senghisi. how do you say the name of of that blade? is that right? I've been saying Cengizzi. Cengizzi. I, I think right? but <laughs> um so it is an African throwing knife what
0: oh no I, I'm very Italian, so I just think
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> they didn't uh, put any of that in but I
1: was calling it the sanguini the whole time <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so it's an African throwing knife from Central Africa. Um, double-edged blade, curved shape resembling the letter F, um, and could have a throwing range of up to sixty feet.
0: That was amazing. Yeah. they said that, that thing was, has a throwing, um, a lethal throwing range of sixty feet. Like that's pretty can...
1: badass. <laughs> I could totally see it that uh, kind of center part really has all the weight in it so it makes it an amazing balance like I could see how that thing would just rotate forever oh wow that's oh neat it, it was pretty fun to play with <laughs> nice.
2: uh, nowadays it's used for ceremonial purposes not so much throwing at people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um it has a sharpened spike at the junction of the upper and lower curves um, and it's double edged on the upper curve so
1: um and uh, they didn't show Will rattling off all of the other parameters, but uh, and they didn't show my struggle with it, but I spent all of day three trying to get one parameter to work because I think there was a total of four um, uh, length requirements like between the middle and the tip, and oh. the tip and the back, the tip and the pummel. And it was crazy. The parameters were the hardest part for me of the whole thing, okay. for sure.
2: Yeah, they didn't say anything about parameters no
3: and with a weird weirdly or oddly shaped weapon that's kind of a pain to have to be very specific with it when you're fighting all these weird angles and stuff
1: yeah well and each one affects the other one so if one's in the other one's going to be out Mm
2: -hmm. it
1: it was interesting going into the whole thing i was hoping for two things no ice chop and (laughs) i'm so glad they already did the (laughs) hungamunga. and of course this is what i get yeah
2: (laughs) Um, So they started at uh, Levy's, I knew I would do it, Levi, Um, at his forge. On the first day, he decided that he was going to go with a snake theme um, using a cable Damascus in a coal forge. Day three was when he went to do the quench. There was no ping, nothing explodes, and his foot didn't fall off, so yay, (laughs) and all counts. Um, And then on day five was when he was doing the fit and finish um, using a leather weave handle and a snakehead pommel. A snakehead was badass looking. Yeah, yeah.
1: that was really. Cool. It was uh, on the way back in the airport. We ended up in the um, on the same flight, getting into uh, the in Connecticut area, and he just showed me a picture on his phone of just the snakehead pommel. And I was like, "Oh man, I lost." <laughs> it, it was just spot on.
2: Um, so then. They showed your home forge, where on day one, you were working on shaping the blade. Peels like a banana from a single piece of sheet steel, or a single piece of steel. That's how we described it when we saw how you were approaching this project um, <laughs> with your propane forge. Which was pretty
3: cool, I got to say. Like, you had that cut down there, and then you just peel that thing the way you need it to go. I, that was a pretty awesome method, I'd say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it ended up working out pretty well, and it's kind of a fun way of doing it. You get to heat up steel and then just ooga-booga it the rest of the time.
2: <laughs> Is that a technical term? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so then on the third day was when they came back to you for grinding, grinding flattening, heat treating. Um, Use the coal forge to do the heat treat. So you have two forges then, the propane and the coal.
1: Uh, charcoal, actually. I, sure. It's a little bit different. It's It works similar, similarly, but can get a little bit hotter if the charcoal is made of the right wood. Okay. And uh, it's really great for adding carbon back into your blade that you lose while forging.
2: It's Good, interesting you know. that you said it, it gets hotter because then your steel melted and you had to start over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you spent day four working on the second blade and used a tree to create the shape. That was pretty cool. It had you, you just had a tree lying around, or did you drag it over mm. when you had to make a curved shape?
1: Um, I was trying to get that curve right, and I just told my home forge producer, like, hang on a second, got to go visit the wood pile," and then came back carrying it at the <laughs> pine tree. And nice. it, it worked
2: pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then on day five was your fit and finish where you made a hemp weave handle. Yes. So then we get back to the studio for the judging. Um, Chris does a time check, as he tends to do yeah. at this point.
0: So, So what that means is, I look at how much time is left on the episode, and if it's like five minutes, I know there was a catastrophic failure for sure. Like early on, this one I wasn't thinking there was because it was about eight. eight there's time. There was eight to yeah. ten minutes left, and so it was like, all right, that's 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 reasonable. This hey. could go the whole way.
2: No, not all about you. <laughs> <laughs> <I> am, <laughs> not camera shy. I'm a
1: very nosy dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so, for the kill test, there was a goat carcass that yours cut in half. So, the blade was pretty sharp, um, good on the thrust, comfortable handle, and will kill. And um, Levi's performs about the same, cuts it in half, although I think his was like right away cut it in half, right? It
1: cut through. It was much sharper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my inner curve, I couldn't sharpen on my belt sander. So I spent the in pretty much the entirety of day five with a single whetstone, just filing oh, at it. Already heat three. Like the whetstone is a toothpick now. <laughs> and
2: it, <does> not. <laughs> um, it was noted that he had the beautiful pommel at that, that snake's head, and it was sharp, scary, and will kill. And then we go on to the strength test, where it was a basically a shield bash. And yours suffered a catastrophic fail on the ninth strike.
3: Which I was wondering, when are they going to stop hitting this shield? They yeah. just
1: kept going. <laughs> it was like, they're done. Three, oh my God. That was one of the most intense things I've ever seen. So uh, Before Jay had warned us, like, I just, I had to drive here from Pennsylvania and I was stuck in traffic for a while. Got a little bit of road rage to get out. So uh, you guys are screwed.
3: Right, that dude's always got road rage. Though. I mean, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> half day Jay, they call him, right? <laughs> half day Jay.
2: So what? went through your head when yours broke
1: honestly like at first I was like and then I, it was just relief like it was over <laughs> i didn't have to worry about it anymore like i knew what happened i was just like yay i don't have to think of this anymore
3: <laughs> you look like you're enjoying the seeing the test you know being performed
1: the testing was probably my favorite part like the ice chop and the shield chop were just so cool to watch I was
2: having a blast. Um, and then Levi's are like, okay, you have to make it past nine. Uh, he didn't make it past one. Yeah, it <laughs> First broke, strike, yeah. broke at the same spot. And so you won. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I had a question. And I don't know if this is something you can answer. Just in general, the blaze that the judges make for the round three reveal. Do they put those through the same tests just to see that those tests can be done?
1: I have heard a lot of different things about this, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it on Facebook and stuff since. What I heard when I asked was, no, the final weapon is not tested, but the first and second round weapon is tested. And they purposely make the final weapon kind of vague and just like a representation, but they're not trying to give you any ideas with it. But I again don't have like a definitive answer on that, so I can only guess. Yeah. But what bird is (laughs) no?
3: That's kind of crazy because what if the weapon that Dave makes just breaks on like the first or, you know, even halfway through a test and they're just, they just know that the blades you guys bring are most likely to fail then. Which is kind of.
0: There's also been other people that have said that some of the tests that they've picked for the finale weapons didn't make as much sense based
3: on what the weapon was. Right, like I was expecting, I was totally expecting them to do a throwing test, but they didn't do any throwing test. You know?
1: Which, from my research, I did a lot of research on the weapon. It was very hard because it's kind of an obscure weapon. There's not much information on it at all out there. Um, But they weren't really thrown. I actually um, kind of uh, compared it to taking your cell phone wallet and throwing it at someone you don't like. Like <laughs> It was a very expensive weapon. It was one of the higher-valued trading pieces, and they really were never used as weapons, and traditionally they're made out of wrought iron. So mm. if you hit anything with it, it's just going to bend in half anyhow.
3: That's I'd, a totally different story than than what they do on the show, or, or what they claim on the show, the, the backstory of it. So that's interesting. Mm.
1: It's definitely it's interesting to research. I'd recommend it if you're ever interested in kind of a good ancient african reed um but it was it was pretty cool to research
0: cool so that was the episode and we all got two points you got ten thousand (laughs) dollars and uh what what are your plans for that 10k
1: well i've got um i'm definitely gonna upgrade the shop is pretty much where it's going. I need to get more electricity out there so I can start welding and therefore make Damascus and such. And I also uh, a couple months ago acquired a old 50 pound little giant power hammer hmm. that needs a lot of work. So the rest of it's probably going to go into parts for that. So going to actually kind of step it up a notch <laughs> with my forging and trying and turn this into a real business.
3: Nice. Great.
0: Very That's nice. awesome. So When did you start, you know, bladesmithing?
1: I started when I was seven years old, but I kind of did other things throughout my teenage years and uh, recently got back to it full-time about a year and a half ago, and that's just what I've been doing since. Nice.
3: What made you kind of get back into it? Were you just like, hey, you know, I got this stuff hanging around, and let me just go back into it?
1: I... I just kind of started thinking about it more and more and like I'd see knives and be like, I can make that or, ooh, I want to make that, but with this or whatever, I got like a bunch of crazy ideas into my head for overcomplicated stuff that I wanted to make and then ended up just completely falling back in love with it and haven't been able to put a hammer down since. Nice.
3: Did you already have that kind of shop there? Because that thing looks like an awesome structure to, to have set up. You got a lot of area workspace there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just the barn out by where we keep our sheep and such. We've had a wood shop there for a while, and then I slowly started kind of gathering metalworking equipment and finding room for it out there. And uh, I've got a pretty sweet little shop set up now.
0: And it looks like it's um, a pretty open like shop, right? I mean, I'm, I'm guaranteed... Where you live, the weather must stay pretty nice all year round. Yeah. Um, but I have to imagine in the summertime it probably gets a little hot to work out there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, when during the challenge actually it was, I don't even, It was kind of late spring, early summer, and uh, it was like our first good heat wave. So it was like 105 the whole time, oh. and uh, the ventilation really helps. And uh, since then, it's only gotten hotter and drier. So. I pretty much forge in shirts or in shorts and no shoes. Like as little as I can get away with and fans blowing.
0: Yeah. But I I love it out here. (laughs) I saw one picture you posted, actually, I think it was today, of your feet. I'm assuming that was uh, from either after forging or at least walking (laughs) around, but your feet were a a very dark gray color.
1: Yep. That was after the day's work. just washed them off after today. (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Is there any particular blade style that you prefer to make?
1: Um, Kind of the style I made in round one and two. It's just kind of what I like. I like slight curves to kind of just add character to it, make it not necessarily normal. And uh, since the episode, the Singizi is my favorite weapon of all time. I've, Got mm, two in the works out there, and actually, I've got it right here. I did get to keep the uh, first one that melted.
0: Oh nice. oh, nice!
1: So I have this as an awesome souvenir, and uh, yeah, it's it's a fun weapon. Like when it's the one I made was really close to perfect imbalance. I I want to make one that's like right there, but swinging that thing is just a dream, and the little clinkle of the ring makes is great
0: too (laughs) (laughs) so everybody that we have on we like to to let them know that sean and i are working on getting our own forge up and running we are about this close (laughs) to getting some stuff finalized maybe um and we like to ask you know what is a good beginner's tip that you would have for us Separate from taking a class, we have, we've taken some class uh, time. We did some blacksmithing. We did some work with Theo Naz, actually, in his shop. Um, so beyond taking a class, what, what would you think is a good beginner's tip for us?
1: Hmm. In some ways, I would say the exact opposite of use YouTube and the Internet and everything sparingly and kind of figure it out for yourself a little bit. And then things happen like the paper towel thing or stuff that hasn't necessarily been done before. You can kind of forge your own path and uh, you come up with new ideas from it. it. Don't let yourself get set into any specific way of doing things and have fun with it. It's the most fun you can have if you ask me. Well, that makes a lot of sense. It I, does. I, I, I can agree
3: with that.
0: Yeah, because every, everybody's constantly like, take a class, take a class. And we're like, we, we will. We took a class, <laughs> but we just want to bang some freaking metal yeah. already.
1: <laughs> and fire extinguishers are your friend. Yes. Taking your quench oil. Get your quench oil at about 120 degrees before you quench. Makes it work so much better. And... Um, probably don't take my advice too strongly
3: (laughs) keep the chickens away from the forge
1: yeah my dogs drink the water i like cool things off in like my grinder bucket they just drink it can't stop them keep animals away from the forge you
3: got any other questions sean um there's probably something up there i just can't i can't think of anything at the moment
2: was there anything you were hoping we would ask
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> always
0: the so. stumper.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, I think um, with that, we can wrap it up. Um, thank you for coming on the show with us and, and going through the whole wrap-up with us. And um, congratulations again on your fine job there. That was really impressive. And, you know, you keep at it, man. Like, it, you, you reminded us of... Uh, someone else that we interviewed when we first started the show uh, Drew Goodson Mm -hmm. and um, so we see a lot of similarities between you guys and I feel like somebody said this about Drew and I feel like this could go for you as well like if you keep at it the way you're going you could very easily like be one of the top knife makers out there over a a course of a couple years so you know we like what you're doing man keep up the good work thanks again for coming on with us and um, right now, like, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want to like commission something?
1: Um, most of my presence is on Instagram. I've just kind of just decided that's the easy one for, for me. And uh, after the show has been Facebook, Instagram, everything, and uh, switching between apps is like the hardest thing ever. Apparently, even though <laughs> yeah. so it's really easy. So Instagram, and email. My email is just my name at Gmail, and uh, I also sell my stuff on Etsy. So any of those work, and I'm around. Great. Awesome.
0: We'll put some links in the description of this video, so if people happen to catch it, uh, they can click through to there. And, uh, yeah, um, I guess that's it. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Thanks again. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me.
3: All right.